world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. <laughs> we need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, the Bible tells us this, that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Knowledge. And by the way, we are all prisoners to our teacher. All, all of us are. And we look at what's going on. If we don't think that we are all prisoners to our teachers, uh, look what's going on in our public schools. Look what is being taught to our children and how they are learning about an entirely different world than you and I grew up in. And if we ask ourselves, uh, Ronald Reagan, wasn't it him that came up with the term trust but verify? And does trust but verify apply only to government and politics? And does it only does it does it ever apply to the Bible? See, we got we had a we had a debate yesterday. Not a debate yesterday. We had a discussion pretty much in the after show, talking about the fact that uh, a lot of stuff that they've taught us isn't true. A lot of the things that we believe about the scriptures uh, has been selectively presented to us. So, again, we talked about spiritual warfare yesterday, and uh, Tim Tuber, who's going to do a little bit of teaching here with us today, talked about the idea of binding and loosing, how that's not even biblical. Where do we come up with that idea? And, you know, the 67,000 different denominations. How can, how can we all consider ourselves to be Christians and not agree on things? And when you don't agree on things, what do you do? Well, you go start your own church. Or you get mad and go away, never to be heard from again. Do I need to run down a list of some names that aren't with us anymore? Most of them got butt hurt about something, moved on. So uh, I don't know about you. I I am not going to believe something, just get along with everybody. (laughs) I'm not going to do it. And and I'm not going to keep my mouth shut just because it makes you feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Truth makes you uncomfortable, dude. You got a problem, okay? And it says, the Bible says, come, let us reason together. Let's reason together. Let's reason. I got, I got a couple of things I could tromp my foot down on. Lord, just thank you for this day. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for helping us dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We pray that you be glorified through all we say and all we do today. So before I get into Tim, I got to give a real hat tip to uh, Clay. Because yesterday we were discussing the King James Version and different stuff like that, and yada, 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 and the Apocrypha, and whether we can talk about the Book of Enoch, and we're talking about all that stuff. And by the way, register for, for Sky High, will you? Register for June 9, 10, so we can get our numbers up and know what's going on, how much food we have to order and everything. That can all be done right online. Um, and... Uh, you know, the Bible says this, and the Bible says that, and the Bible says this, and it says this, and selective Bible reading. You guys are picking up what I'm saying because you were in here yesterday. But Clay blew me away. He came across a website that I'm going to put in the chat. I want all of you to go there. It's uh, Go to number seven, the 1611 King James Bible. This is This is really, really good, man. I spent almost an hour on it yesterday. I couldn't get away from it. Uh, King James Bible, King James, uh, I'm reading at the bottom, King James, AV Bible, many names, talks about actually the King James Bible. But I have a quote, Spencer, if you could, in the email I sent you, I sent a quote. I don't know if you can pull that up. This is a direct quote from this website. If, hey, look, you can hold on to lies if you want to. You're welcome to. You can believe that our our founders were racist. If you want to, you can believe that. You can believe that. And you can believe that there's a separation between the church and state. You can believe that if you want to. And you can believe that uh, uh, that uh, prayer before football games are illegal. You can believe that if you want to. I mean, you can. You can. 
A lot of people do. You can believe there's a vaccine that will take care of your virus if you want. You can believe that. You can believe that thing was naturally, just naturally happened. Yeah, you can believe that if you want to. There's a lot of stuff we believe it's not true. And you can believe that the uh, communion becomes the body, the actual transubstantiation of body and blood of Jesus. You can believe that if you want to. I'm, I, you believe what you want to. But I saw this in, that, in this uh, wonderful website that we just had up there. I highlighted this. Did you guys know this? Did you guys know this? Because we were talking about extra biblical sources yesterday. Maybe it was in the after show. People think uh, think we're a cult and Coach Dave's making up his own gospel. Blah, blah. Did you know this? First and foremost, this is a direct quote from that website. Almost 100% of King James Bibles, time out a minute, this website tells you the history of Bibles, where they come, the translations, how they want all. Okay, you with me? This is what this website teaches us. First and foremost, almost 100% of King James Bibles and all other English Bibles printed throughout the 1600s, the 1700s, and most of the 1800s up until around 1885 contained 80 books, not 66. Did you guys know that? Did you guys know that? That up until 1885, our Bibles contained 80 books, not 66. Yep. Boom. Huh? Did you know that? The 14 books that were removed from English Bibles, including all the King James Bibles, around 1885. Hey, folks, that that ain't that long ago. Are called the Apocrypha, or Deuteronomical, or Intertestimonial books. These books were written mostly around 400 B.C. to 200 B.C., so they are Old Testament-era Jewish material. Up until 1885, the 1611 King James Bible had 88 books, not 66. Tim Tuber, did you know that? You biblical scholar. Um, Huh? I I didn't. I I said, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh, yes. Well, we don't even know what the Apocrypha is. I mean, I, I have to be. My biblical knowledge is Utterly, utterly lacking. My biblical history is even worse, as is yours. So the 1611 Bible that they're saying, the King James 1611 Bible that everybody's getting today, this is it, I got it right here. it's, it's, It's the seeds of my life. Everything comes out of this. Was revised. In 1885. And all of the Apocrypha, 14 books taken out of the Bible. Now, time out a minute. You say, well, coach, that's because the scholars got together and they went back there and they said, well, this doesn't really qualify and this doesn't really qualify and this doesn't really. Folks, this goes back to how far? To how far the printing of the Bibles that goes back to Martin Luther. The Bible Martin Luther used, I'm assuming, had all 88 books in it. I assume. Wow, this is deep. So we're going to dive into this, not today. We're going to dive into it later. But you better understand, there's been evil men have crept in unawares and have changed the truth of God into a lie. Now scroll down this real quickly for me, Spencer. Folks, because look, this thing is a history of the King James Bible. Some good look, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the battle between the Catholics and the Protestants and King James and the Bible, 1611 Bible today. And it's the same one they reprint over and over, but it's not the same one. And shows some of the Bible revisions and words that were taken in and words that were taken out. The complex printing of the first edition, 1611 King James Bible. And see, they call it this King James uh, 1611 Bible, but it's not. It's been changed. It's not the 1611 King James Bible anymore. They took out books. You get it? You get it? Oh, my goodness. Did you know there was a great fire that burned up all the original ones and all that? Oh, my, 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 my. So, look, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to scare you or, change or, or ruin your faith. Six, the 1611 King James Bible is part of the Bible. It's 14 books that are missing that our ancestors Martin Luther 
read when he read the Bible. Let that sink in. Mm. Wow. Rochelle, go ahead quickly. I won't take questions, but I'll give you a chance. Go ahead, and we'll get Tim in here. Yeah, just real quick, Coach, thanks. I remember um, studying about this Bible, and one of the big reasons they took a lot of the books out was because of the, the printer said so. It was too too much to print. Too much space. They didn't have enough space. They wanted to condense it. Uh, it's, it's Wow. Because, look, listen to me. The Word of God is unchanging, but they can change the Word of God. Did you get that? Did anybody get that? The word of God is unchanging, but they can change the word of God. Amen. Oh, boy, 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 boy. I'm going to lose all of our crowd now. Yeah, all of you, that are, all, you, all of you that are, including me, who King James worshipers. If it's not in the King James, I don't believe. Well, they changed the name King James in 1885. By the way, that's after the Civil War, you know, 1885. That's after the Civil War. Uh, we are closer to the changing of the King James Bible than we are the Civil War. In our life, it's ha- it happened. It happened in my grandfather's life. Man, man. Tim Tubra. Come on in here, man. Because we're, we're educating Tim every day, too. He didn't, he didn't even know that. Check this website out. Put it in the link. Check it out. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Tim's going to lead us today. An honor to have him come in there. I've been out to Tim's house. Tim's a good dude, and Tim's one of those. Uh, Tim's one of those pastors. I don't. I guess you still are Tim. He's one of those pastors that they threw him out. Threw him out of his uh, denomination, whatever the hell that means. Uh, <laughs> oh my brain, my brain. And uh, but Tim's still a, a pastor and a teacher and a, a believer and a strong advocate for truth. And, He's been telling us for a long time that we uh, folks, you gotta, we gotta, we gotta get, we gotta get this right. We gotta get this right. So Tim's gonna do a little bit of a teaching for us here today. Tim, floor is yours. Well, hold your hat. Get yourself a piece of paper and pencil, and get ready to take a couple of notes because uh, I'll tell you something. Probably only ten percent of pastors understand chapter six. Well, let me stop you a second. Let me stop you. Hey Spencer, somebody just asked you to put that quote back up on the page on the page so they could screenshot it, okay? Anybody wants to be able to no 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 the one you just shared, the one that I sent you. That one, yes. Anybody wants to screenshot it? There it is. It's right from that website. Go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. So we got to understand a couple of concepts that happened to us before we get into chapter six. And let me say this. So we're in the Romans six. If, if it's true, it's not new. And if it's new, it's not true. God, God would not wait 2,000 years to bring a new revelation, illumination to us. Right? So when you read all these paperback books, watch out. Watch out for some of those books. Okay. Let's look at a couple of scriptures as we jump into chapter 6. First. Let's look at Romans 4.1. <clears throat> What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? What did he find? Well, 4.6. Just as David also describes the blessedness of man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Here's a word, imputed. That is a word that you've got to understand first. What does that mean? Simply this. That Jesus Christ took his full righteousness, his holiness, and he imputed it to you. Okay, Tim. Webster's, what's impute? What's impute? Pull that up there for us. We got a lot of slow learners out here, Tim. We eat corn, we eat corn and smell chickens all the time. <clears throat> impute is a transitive verb. Uh, to set, to put, to throw, to charge, to attribute, to set, to the account of. To impute is like putting money in your banking account. So the Lord imputed unto us righteousness. With me, Tim? Is that yep, good? Exactly. Okay, okay yep. go ahead. Keep, keep, so, Coach, keep on doing that. So if Christ imputed his full righteousness to us, we have got to say, wait a second. So I really am holy because of what Christ did for me. It's not by works. And we want to do works. We want to prove ourselves to people, to God. Okay. 
4.11. And he received the sign of circumcision, the seal of righteousness of the faith, why still uncircumcised? Right? That he might be the father of all those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. That's us. So what did Abraham discover? A righteousness that was imputed to him. While, not by works, but by faith, believing a promise. Inheritance. It's inheritance. It's like you got your money from your daddy. It just shows up in your bank account, right, Tim? Yeah. Now look at 5.1 real quick. Therefore, having been justified, here's that word, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Time out. What's justified, Mr. Webster? What's justified? Uh, justify. <clears throat> to prove or show to be just or comfortable to law, right, justice, propriety, or duty, to defend or maintain, to vindicate as right. So you have been justified. You have been you have been denied. You have been declared vindicated under the law. Agree with that, Tim? Yep. Yep. It's imputed to you. The righteousness is imputed to you, and you have the 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 books have been balanced. Your sin and your sin debt. Look at number two. Look at number two. Look at number two in theology. In theology, to pardon and clear from guilt, to absolve or acquit from guilt, and earned merited punishment, and to accept as righteous on account of the merits of the Savior or by the application of Christ's atonement to the offender. Christ died, his blood paid the price, the books are balanced. True, Tim? Absolutely. There you have it. So as we go into 6, which is the sanctification chapter, you have to understand what really happened to us in Christ. So those words, justified, imputed, righteousness, are the key concepts of what happened to us in Jesus Christ. So righteousness, is, folks, is right standing. That's really all it is. And righteousness. You are in right standing with the Lord and his precepts. Go ahead, Tim. So how can you have peace that passes understanding? You can't have peace that passes understanding unless you understand what Christ did for us. So I tell people, I go long periods of time without sin. You know, we, somebody read the scripture yesterday that if you sin continually, what, what do you have to cover the sin? Okay, let's go to chapter 6. By the way, nothing, Tim. Nothing atones I, for sin. I don't sin every day in thought, word, and deed, which is what the Catholicism taught me. I really don't. I try. I, I go some days. I don't sin at all. Yeah. Yeah. You say, well, yes, you do, coach. You have bad thoughts. Well, thoughts aren't sins. I'm supposed That's to right. take care of those thoughts. And exactly. Do. Yeah. So look at 6.1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may about? He's asking a question. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Mm. <clears throat> <laughs> what did we? <laughs> Excuse me. It's that West Coast air, man. So what did we do? We died. So, Coach, read uh, three through five. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized also into his death, I put also in there. Therefore, we're buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in a newness of life. I put A in there. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should also, should be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Okay, now notice. In verse 2, he asked us, 
shall we live in sin? Don't you know that you have died to it? So since we have died to sin, we're now walking in this new resurrected life. Okay. Now, look at verse 6. Knowing this, do you know this? Do you know this? Exactly, yes. That our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and that henceforth we don't have to serve sin. So the old man... For he that is dead is freed from sin. Have you died, folks? Have you died to yourself? Have you died and come up, resurrected, a new man in Christ? Go ahead, Tim. So we are freed from sin. So, because the old man that hated God was crucified, we live in a sanctification life. We live a holy life. If we learn how not to yield our members. So we should no longer, verse 6, be slaves of sin. Whoa. So he explained to us that we don't have to serve sin. We have been freed from sin. Do you know how many believers believe that Satan's out there to get them around every rock, around every corner? Well, Tim, I don't, I don't know if you uh, watched yesterday's show. If you do, go back, didn't go back and review it because that's what no, I'm I was here. About. I watched it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because we blame our own carnal nature and the actions of our own carnal nature. We blame it on the devil. The devil's out to get me. Satan's put a hex on me. When in fact, it's disobedience, not understanding that we're not to walk in sin. We're not to give in to sin. We're not to be controlled in any way, shape, or form by sin. We have the power through the cross to walk clear of sin. Is that true, Tim? Absolutely, yes. Because look at verse 7. For he that is dead, I died, by the way. I died. I'm free from sin. Yeah. Because he talked about in baptism, verse 5, that if we have been united with him in death through water baptism, we come up a new life in Christ Jesus. That's why, I showed, Tim, I showed that the other day when we were doing a baptism. It's a return into the amniotic fluid, right? Really, baptism is you go down and you're birthed again out of the water, right? Yeah. Birthed out of the water again. Yeah. So the average believer doesn't understand this. What happened to them? And if you know what happened to you when you got born again, you get to walk in this. Wow. Amen. You see? So you have to know what happened to you when you were born again. Tim, you mean sin has no power over me anymore? That's right. No power. You mean the devil has no power over me anymore? No power. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Unless I open up the door to sin and then I give him access into my life. But for the most times, it's not really the devil that's attacking me. It's my carnal sin nature, not realizing I'm free of that sin. Right. Yeah. It's your flesh. The lust of the flesh. Oh, okay. Now look at verse 8. Now then, I put the then in there. If we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with. So he said died. Again, we have died. The old man was crucified. The old man had hated God. And now God has imputed his righteousness to us, and he's made us holy. He's Mm. justified us. We're joint heirs to the throne. We are exactly. brethren of Christ. We walk in the same power and authority of him. Is that stretching it, Tim? No, not at all. No. So when it comes to spiritual warfare, there really isn't any for the believer. So the Bible says, stand, therefore stand. So really, the armor, if you go back and read what the armor is, it's salvation, justification. Put on the whole armor. It's understanding your doctrines. The the teaching is what Paul is teaching here in chapter 4, 5, 6. Salvation, breastplate of righteousness, loins girded with truth. You better put that belt on, right? 
Yep, yep. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You carry the shield of faith wherewith you might smite all the fiery darts of the weapon. Remember when I was telling the story about my grandson? Psalm 91 says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. There was a weapon formed against him. It didn't prosper. There was a weapon formed against him. And what did Grampy do? Grampy threw up the shield of faith, didn't he? Huh? Yeah. And carry the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And having done all, you stand. Say, bring it on, Satan. Bring it on. I'm not making so, it simple. I'm not making it simpler than it is because it's really pretty simple. So the verse in the Bible that says, Paul said, uh, I die daily. What he's saying is, I am confronted by death daily. They're trying to kill me daily. Right? Yeah. So look at verse 9. Wow, Tim, this is this is awesome, dude. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, he don't die no more. <laughs> no. And death has no more dominion over him. Verse 10. dying again, folks. Yeah, yeah. Verse 10. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The life that I now live, I live by the grace of the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. So he died how many times? Interwoven in righteousness with my Savior. Right. So we died once. Water baptism. Boom. We came and do life in Christ. So if we don't get it straight, we're going to let the devil put a ring in our nose and he'll lead us around. Or, again, coach, false teachers. Put a ring in their nose and lead us around. So, Tim, I don't sin every day in thought, word, and deed. Folks, li- folks, listen to me. Thoughts are not a sin. Remember, Jesus, Paul told us, take captive every thought. It's acting on the thought that is a sin, not having the thought. Right? Yep. I read, yep. I read somewhere, maybe it was Martin Luther, somebody said that thoughts are like birds. You can't keep them from swirling around you, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. Get it? Thoughts are not sins. Don't give them, the Bible says, give no place to the devil. Give no position of opportunity to the devil. Sorry, dude. Off, Off limits here. Out of bounds. No trespassing here in my mind. Well, in the Bible, says, renew your mind. So if you understand what happened to you in Christ, imputed, justified, righteousness, the old man died once, we died once, right? And understand the biblical side that when Paul said, I face death daily as I'm out preaching, right? You can't mix the two. So we died once. Now, verse 11, likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead. Count count yourself. Multiply the facts of what Christ did for you. Reckon. Go ahead and look at, look at the, the, the... Yeah, reckon. The reckon. reckon. Well, i got to keep our producer hopping here today. This, this is an interesting word. What does it mean to reckon? We come sleeping. I think we come sleeping. Sleeping on the job. Reckon. Um, and uh, it's Latin. Rego rectus whence regnum regno to reign and write. To count. To number. That is to tell the particulars. Number two. To esteem. To account. To repute. Wow. So to reckon yourself means you're going to count, you're going to add up all the facts that happened to you when you were born again. You know, when Jesus was baptized, it says he came up out of the water, right? The Holy Spirit landed on him. A voice from heaven said, I am well pleased with you, right? Yep. 
And uh, it says, you are my son. So we don't really understand what happened to us when we died, when we got born again, that God the Father says, I am well pleased with you. You are now my son. And the Holy Spirit came upon him. We are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Folks, we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. The old man hated God. Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. Because if I go away, he that was standing here with you will be in you. Right, Tim? Yep, yep. He went away. He sent himself in us. Wow. Yep. So here's the key. You have to add up the facts. What happened to you? You have to reckon yourselves, right? Wrecking yourselves to be dead, indeed to sin, but alive to God. Verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in what? Your mortal body. That you should? Obey in it in the lust therein. Reign, by the way. Reign is, is authority, right? Let not sin have authority in your mortal body. That you should obey it in the lust thereof. Stop obeying sin. Yeah, so it's just lust of the flesh. But if you don't know you died once, you don't know how resurrected you really are, how much power you have in your physical body. In your physical body dwells the power of Christ. So don't yield you, your members, as instruments of sin. Don't do that. In other words, hey, Tim, evidently, you can not do that. Evidently. Yep. Well, the first thing to do it. Yeah. Neither yield your members. So do not yield your members as what? And God, as they that are alive from the dead. And your yeah. members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So here's our members our hands, our eyes, our mind, right? So let's okay. say. Let's say this cup rep- represents sin. The only way I'm going to sin is I have to yield my members to grab that. Wow. And if I don't yield my members to grab it, I am walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. You mean if I don't click on the porn, I don't have to watch it? That's right. Wow. And if you don't cuss out your neighbor with your tongue, your member, you're still walking in peace and patience, kindness, gentleness. Right? So. We're not going to get there, I don't think. We might, but we'll see. In Galatians 5, it talks about the flesh, acts of the flesh, and the spirit. So Galatians 5 tells us what all the sins are. So you can't make up your own sin. And this is where a lot of believers think that they are living in sin because they make up their sin, like eating meat on a Friday. Oh, it's a (laughs) sin if I eat meat on a Friday. I have to eat only flesh, I mean fish. Well, fish is really flesh, isn't it? Why wouldn't they say don't eat at all on Friday? That would make more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. So if you if you want to know what every sin is, go back and read, which we might have time, Galatians chapter 5, the acts of the flesh. But the Bible says we are in the spirit, therefore we will be doing spiritual things. We'll get to in just a minute. So if you don't yield your members to sin, you are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, correct? Yes. Right. So you could go long periods of time without sin. And you can have peace that passes understanding. Now, Tim, you can be tempted all during that process, can't you? Right. And victory is what? Victory is saying no to sin. Exactly. And you and you can look at yourself. I get up. See, every night I go to bed and I analyze myself. I go, did I, did I commit fornication today? Did I murder anybody today? And I ask myself, what kind of sins did I do today? I go, you know what? I didn't lie today. I didn't cheat anybody today. You know what? I walked in the power of the Holy Spirit all day. So I get up every single morning and I, I go, you know, Lord, I am walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm daily living my life. With peace that passes understanding, I have the joy of the Lord. Mm. And I rejoice in that every single day. So I get up and I prepare myself with my salvation, with my imputation, with my justification. 
And I go, wait a second, here I go. It's a brand new day. I'm going to do what I did yesterday. I'm not going to yield my members to sin. And I go throughout the day so happy and joyful that I'm walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I just got a a revelation there, a revelation. I know people want to get in here yet. Hang on, I'll let you. I just got this revelation. Wow. Sin's an action, folks. Sin is always an action, right? Now, think about the pandemic that we just went through. And think about how many Bible believers, alleged Bible believers you know, who through fear stopped going to church, took a jab. All I think how many sins were committed in the false assumption that we were being obedient to the government. Boy, Tim, there's a lot of, whoa, there's a lot of crossing of authority in this whole thing, isn't it? Oh, huh? man. Oh, uh, no, no, I'd rather I'd rather die than take that shot. I'd rather die than put anything in my body that the Lord told me not to do. I'd rather die. Because Amen. I'm a dead man anyway, am I not? I'm already dead. And death is nothing more than passing from where we are in this earthly realm to the presence of the Lord. If I understand it, if I understand it properly. Yep. yep. The fear message. Look across Christendom and look at the power of fear all across Christendom in the last three years. Amen, coach. That's a sin, isn't it, brother? Isn't that a sin? Hey, hey, Christians, are you complicit in the death of other people by remaining silent? Because remember this, the Bible teaches about, sorry, Tim, the sins of commission and their sins of omission. And the sins of omission are failing to do what we knew we should have done. That's a sin. And we walk in that sin mainly due to fear. Go ahead, Tim. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you something that's gonna blow your mind. It's in verse 14. Romans 6 14. Can I read it? I feel like silver when I get to do Go it. Go for it, man. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Wait a second, that's not 614. 614? Yeah. Is that where we are or not? We're on 14. 614. There you go. For sin shall not have dominion. Should we look up that word? Do Do you guys need us to look up dominion? Probably better because they may think I'm lying. Trust but verify. Spencer, what's dominion? Dominion is sovereign or supreme authority. The power of governing and controlling. Territory under a government, region, country, district, government, right of governing, predominance, ascendance. Huh? So go back to where it was. Sin shall have no power to order, direct, or govern you. For you are not under that law. I put that in there. But you're under grace. Hmm. Crazy, huh? It's crazy. So it will not have dominion over you. It said it right there. Either you believe the scriptures or you don't. Now, Tim, it can have dominion over us if we yield to it. Exactly. That's what he's saying. If you don't yield your members, right, there's no law or dominion. So spiritual warfare, you know, all this whole new teaching about the the spirits around the town. You know, we got to pull down the spirits. You can't pull down the spirits. You can't pull down their authority. But you can say, right, I'm not under that law. I'm not under that dominion. I'm not under that law of sin and death anymore. No. I'm not under that law. Because why? The spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free of the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death, the soul that sins, it shall die. I have dominion over that now through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yep, yep. No power. Can we let a couple people in here real quick? Or keep on going. Uh, You're the maestro. Yeah, let's go. Well, let's let Roger Weaver come in. I see down at the bottom it says, Roger, one more. 
Roger, then Mel. Roger, then yeah. Mel. Go, Roger. Quick question. I think I heard, and maybe I was wrong, that thoughts were not sent. And I would probably differ with that if I heard that correctly, because I think of the verse, if you have lusted after a woman, you have committed sin. Mm-hmm. So I think, and there could be other areas of scripture that would address the concept. I mean, it's hard for me to think if I'm sitting at the table and I'm a pedophile and I'm looking at that little boy to do nasty things. That is sin in my eyes. Now, nope. I need I need scripture. I need scripture to back that up, and I don't have that right now. But, okay, Roger. You have to look at that word lust. Right, because that is that is the word that means close to stimulation. So, no, but, that, guy, but, but but Tim, that that is a thought. Lusting after somebody is a thought. Well, okay. Do you take do you take captive that thought? Or well, do you but on that thought. No, I agree. You don't. You take captive. But the idea that um, you're coveting somebody. Let's say you're coveting somebody in your thought. That's sin. So I just I think the idea of thoughts. In my opinion, without scripture, this minute, thoughts, coveting, jealousy. Jealousy is a thought that is But sin. it's not a um, sin. What's that? But it's not a sin. In my opinion, sins are things you do. Well, it, it, I think thoughts can be sins too, though, Dave. That would just be my opinion without scripture this morning. So, Roger, if you, you let your, your mind carry it out. Hang I mean, the word... If you Hang on covet, a let's say the word covetousness, covetousness, right? That is sin, and that is a thought. That's not an action. Yeah. It's um, more than one thought. It's more than one yes. thought. You did not take the first thought captive. You let it grow in your hair and in your mind and in your heart, and eventually that thought could turn into action. The whole reason yeah. it what he's drilling down is that thoughts come into our mind. The minute it comes into our mind, we have to evaluate it. If it's good, well, continue. I, I just would say this. It, you have a second step. You say if you don't take action, it's it's not sent. I would view it differently. I would view just the, the issue of pride. Pride doesn't lead. I mean, the, what's the action step of pride? I, I mean, uh, you, you know, you're you boastfully verbally boast. If you have a prideful heart, that is sin. There's no action involved. You have a prideful heart. Okay. Um, that, that's just what, you know, again, I, I've not done a study on that. Um, but I do believe this. I do believe we, we live too much in a life that the church is a hospital. You know, we've talked about that on the queue where we all go to the hospital every Sunday when, Really, we much of what's going on in our life we could control if we held captive the thought and moved on, or if we didn't do something. So, I do believe that sin can be defeated in your life to a certain extent. But the whole purpose of the cross is the redemption of our sins that that we take to the cross. I don't think we we can strive to avoid it. We can strive through the Holy Spirit to hold it captive. But I think thoughts our sin. That's just my opinion. Roger, was was Jesus guilty of sin then when he went in the te- temple and flipped over the tables? Well, no, he, he, w- w- but he's, a, he was, he was sinless. He went to the cross sinless to bear the sins of the world. Then, then but, that wasn't a sin. Well, what's that? Then that must not have been a sin. Well, no, I, I, well, I think looking at Jesus might be a little different. Scripture would tell us, if we follow Scripture after his death, I believe the idea of pride, covenant, these are all, these are things, if you covet somebody, you can eventually take it into action. But the Bible says that covetousness is a sin. Pride is a sin. We are to show humility. To not be humble is a sin, the way I look at Scripture. Um, Okay, okay, Tim. Huh? Okay. I say, I say taking captive the thought and not allowing it to manifest into action. I don't believe that's a sin. That's my position. Okay, so so let me clarify that real quick. As one theologian said, right, when you lust, it's really not lust. And so let's say there's a pretty look, pretty girl walking down the street, right, and you look at her. So lust is not until you take the second look. 
So take a long first one. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. Jesus, Jesus was, I think Jesus in the temple, he was showing his emotion and righteous indignation. And, you know, I, I like the idea that as long as you don't take your thought captive, I agree. I think that's probably a, a good said, foundation. Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them. Evidently, he thought it was something they needed to be forgiven of. Well, but the Bible, I know that, but but they, Scripture says clearly covetousness is needs to be forgiven. We, yeah. we, we think of the adulterer, the porn person, the alcohol. We never deal with these other things that are that are just as fear is fear sin. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to get to here. That's it. It should have no power over us. Yes. Is, okay. Is is greed is is greed sin? Yes. Okay. Is I guess that the fine line, and we don't want to spend too much time on it, is if yes. you take no action on greed and you don't hold it captive. I think we would probably agree that's sin. It's sin. If it comes in and you stop it and you don't let it hold you captive, the question though is the mere thought of the greed sin, or is it only if you don't if you take it into action? So I'll leave well, on that. Again, that is the power of the resurrected life. And we talked about that yesterday. Your carnal nature is going to be carnal. Yeah. Yeah. If you have the mind of Christ and you say no to your carnal nature. In right. my opinion, that is not safe. So, the, so, Dave, I think that's good. So, the thought could come in, but you don't let it hold you captive. You don't. That's right. You, I, I you think that has some captive. power to it. You take it captive and say, "No, I'm not going to be selfish." It's your carnal. It's your carnal nature. That's wow. Okay, thank it's, you. Thank you for letting me talk. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, Tim, see you open the can of worms. Sorry, you did it to yourself, George. I got to agree with Roger. I say Roger's right because, yes, you have to have the action to sin, but thought makes manifest into the physical. So, well, covetousness. George, so you yep. go get in line, agree with Roger. I don't agree with him. Jock, come okay. on in. Um, hey, thanks for letting me in. Hey, this is really good. We have to remember this, you guys. This is why Christ died on the cross. We live in a fallen world. God know he knew that when he created us that we were going to be sinful. So he's just telling us the rules. He knew he knows that we're going to think about things that are not right. But we do our best to repent and he's got the rest. He's basically saying, "Look you guys, you know the rules." Okay. It's a sin, it's a sin, but I got it. Just stay on my path. Stay on my path. I got gotcha. you. We live in a fallen world. And I agree, too, because I, I was listening, and I I thought, well, if you were to look upon a woman with lust, it's it's sinful. Well, we're, we're a fallen creation. We're not. We're born into this sin. We're not of the other realm yet. We're okay, still okay, working on it. Okay, let me show you guys something. You, you guys are getting into the weeds because you're not following Scripture. The Bible says you have died, right? You have been imputed with his holiness. You have been set free. So if you have been set free and a wild arrow of lust or whatever gets shot into your mind, you don't yield your members. It's that simple. You don't dwell on it. So... If you're going to dwell on looking at a woman lustfully and you're sitting here and your juices are starting to flow, right? And you're looking at her, looking at her, then you've entertained that to the far extreme and you have not stopped yielding your member. Your mind. Right. You, haven't taken, you haven't taken captive every thought. Right. You got right. to take captive. It's so different than this. If I if I say to myself, there's my lust right there, right? I'm lusty for right. that cup of coffee. Oh my God, I'm lusty for that cup of coffee, right? It's not until I grab it that I sin. So if you don't yield your members, you're walking in that freedom. So here's my point, guys. If you understand chapter 6, what happened to you in Christ, you're going to learn how to be not only mature in the faith, 
but you're going to have the power to walk. Now, let me just, verse 16. Let's go back to 6.16. Look how important you, it is. Go ahead, go ahead, know go ahead. You not, don't you know that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, of obedience unto righteousness. That thought comes, dude, you pick your course. That's right. And so you have to yield to something. You have to yield your members to something. And if you don't yield your members, you're walking in that resurrected life. But God be thanked, Tim, that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was which was delivered you, being made free from sin. But they servants of righteousness. Why did Jesus rebuke the thoughts of the Pharisees? Because thoughts lead to actions. Yeah, but the but the scripture says he rebuked their thoughts, period. End of discussion. Roger, That's they didn't take did. their thoughts captive. Well, I mean, they I... fed their thoughts. They fed their thoughts, even more wicked thoughts. Randy, well, come on in. Coach, I can clear this up. Thanks. Um, and if we would let Tim get to chapter eight in Romans, <laughs> he could clear it up probably. But Amen. But here's the thing, Coach. If you look a narrative is is everything. If you look at this from a narrative that, yeah, we're just sinners, you can't see this. If you look at it like we've been born again, now we're a different person. We're body, soul, and spirit. The spirit man is perfect now. This is the image of God. He John teaches us in 1 John chapter 3, you he cannot sin. Coach. He says, whoever has been born of God does not sin. Right. There's, there's your answer. Okay. And he says, and he cannot sin. He's talking about the spirit man. We're still a soul person. We're still spirit, soul, and body. So if you'll look at this from when you're in the spirit, you can't sin. But if you're going to live a life in the soul and you're going to have uh, you're going to go get around a bunch of sin all the time and have thoughts. You're going to have to fight that old man every day. That's who dies daily, that old man, not the spirit man that's been done. So we have to see this from this narrative. Then you can understand what Tim's teaching. If you if you don't look at it from that, you're going to always see us as a poor worm that can't quit sinning. So that, oh. Randy, that, the point Tim is making is that, is the spiritual warfare saying no to a thought. Would you agree with that, Tim? Yeah, but let me say this too. This is not my teaching. This is the teaching of Christ. Now listen to this real quick. Hold on, guys, just for a second. You need to understand that when Paul was teaching this, Paul was one of the apostles who was raptured to the third heaven, saw in unspeakable things. He went to Arabia for three years. And taught by Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, guys, this is what it's all about. Okay, let me let me pull this. <coughs> look at verse 18. Go ahead, Coast. Read, look at verse 18 and 19. Being made, I'm sorry, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Because you've been free. You're servants of what? Righteousness. Yeah. We're slaves to righteousness now. We live in righteousness. We live in righteousness, guys. Now, this is what Christ did for us. It's not my teaching. It's the Bible. And if you know what happened to you, you get to walk in this freedom, in this joy, the peace that passes understanding. There's no guilt anymore. It's We read that in chapter 4 and 5. What did David discover? That God does not impute sin. And judgment to us. So, 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 Tim, when my Catholic training told me that I sin every day in thought, word, and deed, they were lying to me. Unless thoughts are sin. Right. Well, what's the Bible say? You can't go by doctrine of the church. You have to go by the Bible. Okay, look at verse 20 real quick. 
For when you were, past tense, the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. Wow, I never looked at I never saw that. You got to serve somebody, as Bob Dylan sang and saying, huh? Yeah, you're free. If you're not serving righteousness, you're serving sin. Yeah. Or if you're not serving sin, you're serving righteousness. Yeah. Now look at verse 21. What fruit had ye then in those things were of you are now ashamed? So what, huh? All that stuff that you did in the past, you're ashamed of that stuff. What fruit is there in that? For the end of those things is death. But now, Tim, being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. There you have it. So what having been set free from sin, you're now slaves to God. You have been set free. The Bible just told you, you have been set free. And the average pastor will not tell people that they've been set free. They don't have to sin. You don't. It's possible to not sin. Yes, yes. That is the freedom that we have in Christ. That's the imputation. He imputed his righteousness to us. He has set us free. He declared us holy. He put his spirit inside us. So we have have that Holy Spirit in our conscience to tell us to say no. Okay, let me me sum this whole thing up. Chapter 7 says there's no law anymore for us. Don't you know that you died? You've been now married to another in Christ. Chapter 7, which we're not going to read. But I want us to read chapter 8 1. 8 1. <clears throat> oh, man. There is therefore now no condemnation, guilt, to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. In other words, they don't obey their sinful thoughts. Yep, there you have it. No condemnation, guys. And so how many Christians feel condemned? They walk every day in some kind of a condemnation from maybe some sins they did 20 years ago or a month ago, and they don't know how to rely on the imputation of Christ. They don't stand on the word of God that happened to them in Christ. Right? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, folks, don't miss that. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that's the law, has made me free from that other stinking law, that other law of sin and death. I'm, for, I'm totally, completely free from that. It has no power over me unless I walk in unrighteousness. Yep, you got to yield your members. If you don't yield your members, you're walking right in harmony with God. So why do people not pray? Why do people not trust in God? Why do people? Because they feel like there's unknown sin. And if you know there's no unknown sin in your life because you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit every day, you have peace of pass. You can talk to God freely every single day. Wow. So right? You don't, to, you don't have to cover yourself and hide from him. Laura Ann, quickly. Just two points um, real quick. When suicide becomes a thought, it gets mulled over in your head and then it becomes action. And if you can nip it in the butt before it becomes, you know, the sin, you know, because it's murder, you know, and, you know, and on the Sermon of the Mount, that's when Jesus said, you know, if you lust, it's not just murder, taking someone's life in front of someone, it's with their with their thoughts. And sin is murder when it comes in your head when you choose to sin, you're choosing to side with Satan, and nobody will tell you that. They're like, oh, it's that they always wrap it in some, you know, cute pastry to make you think that, okay, it's just it's just sin, right? But it's not. You're choosing, when you sin, you choose to side with Satan, period. And the Bible tells us, and I don't know where it is right now, that when lust hath conceived. What? You mean you can have lust without conception? You mean you can have lust without giving life to a little sin baby? Are you kidding me? Hey, Tim, how about part two tomorrow? Amen. Amen. Part 
to tomorrow. Wow. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And what is the law of sin and death? The soul that sins, it shall die. Not the soul that thinks about sin, but the soul that sins, it shall die. Wow. See you tomorrow.